Hi, it's Mark Wasserman. Welcome to Skaboom Stories, which is the audio companion to my new book, Skaboom, an American Ska and Reggae Oral History, now available for presale through DeWolf Publishing. More on that later in the episode. Now that the book is finally finished and going into production, I want to use this series to share a behind-the-scenes look at what readers can expect from the book. In 400-plus pages across 19 chapters, I've attempted to knit together the origin stories of groups of passionate musical pioneers who helped create a uniquely American version of ska and reggae. Got some time to search my soul. Before the special's appearance on Saturday Night Live helped kick off a ska craze in America in the early 80s, the release of The Harder They Come in early 1973 was subtitled so that American audiences could follow the Jamaican Patois dialogue, had an impact far beyond its modest take at the box office. One, two, one, two, three, four. I'm looking for work. I can't do anything in our world. Anything. You can't stay here, you know, because I can't help you. I could make a record. I can sing, you know, mama. You want me to go and beg work for $10 a week for the rest of my life? I'd rather die. Sitting here in limbo. This is my big chance. Nothing can stop me now, you know. Yeah, sign here. And remember, I control this business. Sitting here in limbo. What's the meaning of this, huh? I mean, you get $20 for the record. $20, sir? That don't sound right. Well, they're putting up resistance, but I know that my faith will leave me. He didn't believe me. Didn't I tell you I was going to be famous one day? This one to the editor. Make sure him get it. But you can't expect me not to publish a picture like this. While the film had a cultural impact and developed a strong cult following in the years following its release, it was the movie soundtrack which captured the hearts and minds of like-minded people introducing the sound of reggae in the early 70s to a wider American audience full of young, impressionable listeners. 
Yadav Ekam was a very important uh, movie, not just for reggae music, for myself, but also for the whole um, film and music industry in the world. Because um, when we look at the heart of Ekam, we see <coughs> a character that I played, country boy, come to the come to city, trying to make a better life. It's one story that um, so many of us can identify with. But um, one of the great American movies is called uh, Scarface. That has inspired <laughs> a, a, a great amount of people, especially in, in, in the rap era. And if you look at Scarface, you will see a replica of the harder they come. So that's another movie that was inspired by the harder they come. Check it out. So, you know, the harder they come, introduce the culture uh, on different levels, a social way to live, a spiritual way, because, it, you know, there was the establishment of Rastafari in it and all of those things. And um, many um, other different forms of uh, our living in this life. So the harder they come was a very, very important, very important movie. <coughs> and uh, Well they tell me of a pie up in the sky Waiting for me when I die And between the day you're born and when you die They never seem to hear even your cry So as sure as the sun the shine said I'm a getting machine now what's mine and then the harder they come the harder they fall one and all mm, harder they come the harder they fall one and all well the Oppressors are trying to keep me down Trying to make me feel like a clown And they think that they have got the battle won I say forgive them Lord, they know not what they've done Cause as sure as the sun does shine Said I'm a getting my share now, what's mine? And then the harder they come, the harder they fall, one and all. Mm, the harder they come, harder they fall, one and all. Mm, harder they come, the harder they fall, one and all. And that is like... The cry that you still hear today, reggae music is the cry and the joy of the people, is what brings us joy and is what gives us the opening to express our call for freedom, justice and equality. And if you look around today, here in New York City, 
you will see the same thing. They're saying, the harder they come, the harder they fall, one and all. There's no discrimination. It's for justice. Mm, the harder they come, the harder they fall, one and all. Wow. That's Jimmy Cliff from an interview he did on Sirius XM Radio in 2011 about the impact the movie had, along with a live acoustic performance of The Harder They Come. Many of the musicians I interviewed for Ska Boom, who came of age in the 70s and early 80s and became early American ska and reggae pioneers, cite The Harder They Come movie and soundtrack as a direct influence. So it was bubbling under, you know, and I was literally, I was hearing them and hearing other stuff as well. Harder They Come, of course. Um, They're both huge, influential, fantastic piece of political plastic in the movie and all that. That's Rob Hyman of the Hooters, who, before they had mainstream rock success in the mid-80s, were the first ska and reggae band from Philadelphia. What started me in reggae music was my dad bought the Harder They Come soundtrack literally when it came out in 1974. So I was like five years old at the time. And I was brought up with that record constantly being played. I don't know why my dad had it. Maybe he thought it was cool. That's Alex Valenti, the bassist for Scott Anks, who became one of the first American dancehall reggae bands and were signed by KRS-One to Elektra Records in the early 90s. The soundtrack of The Harder They Come captured reggae at the moment it entered its own golden age at the start of the 1970s, with a variety of styles, rhythms, and exotic lyrics. It included songs by Jimmy Cliff, the Maytals, the Slickers, and others, soulful ballads, upbeat rockers, and even songs that quoted scripture and preached peace. The film became a primer for Americans about reggae music and the Jamaican experience. According to an essay in their Criterion Collection, a film publication, quote, the soundtrack of The Harder They Come is something like the Sgt. Peppers of reggae, one of the hippest and most memorable collections of Jamaican music ever recorded. Berkeley, California was the perfect birthplace for the first American reggae band. The city was open-minded about music, and its role as a center of the 60s counterculture meant that the songs of protest, rebellion, and redemption that featured in much of the early 70s reggae were embraced with open ears. The album electrified the music scene and musicians in Berkeley, the physical and spiritual home of the Grateful Dead. One, in particular, was Ron Rhodes, a drummer living in the Bay Area who became a reggae convert after seeing the movie dozens of times and later haunting record stores for Trojan record releases from the U.K., Rhodes was a local musician who had played with a few rock bands, but was quickly bitten by the reggae bug. He tried to get his bandmates to play reggae, but the beat and feel of the music confused most American musicians who could not get used to the odd offbeat rhythm. Undaunted, Rhodes persevered and soon had a group of musicians, including Josh Harris on keyboards, who later joined American ska band The Untouchables, listening to and playing along with reggae and rock steady songs they bought at the local Tower Records and taped off a popular Berkeley reggae show. 
After a period of rehearsing and playing out as the Titans, the band became the Shakers, and they were ready to play out and soon became mainstays at a popular club in Berkeley called the Long Branch, performing a regular Sunday night residency for more than a year. Like the On Club in Los Angeles, which helped to popularize ska in the early 80s, the Long Branch was responsible for the growing popularity of reggae in Berkeley and had booked reggae bands from Jamaica on a regular basis. Toots and the Maytals, Third World, and others made their U.S. debuts at the club, which also made the music more popular with the locals. The Shakers became so popular in Berkeley that they garnered press in New York City in the mid-70s. After their year-long residency at the Long Branch, the Shakers became so popular that they were eventually signed by David Geffen to Electra Asylum Records in 1975 and went on to record an album called Yankee Reggae, a moniker given to them by Toots Hibbert after the two performed and played together, but was also an omen for the sounds contained inside the finished LP. The band spent much of 1976 touring the United States, trying to turn people onto reggae music and what they knew of the history. They worked with and learned from many of the first wave of Jamaican acts to come to the U.S., including Toots and the Maytals, Dennis Brown, Inner Circle, Eric Donaldson, The Soul Syndicate, and many others. The Shaker's story is the first chapter of Skaboom. Another American reggae band whose story is featured in Skaboom, who also drew direct influences from The Harder They Come, was the Blue Rhythm Band from Kansas City, Missouri. I thought, well, fuck, I'm just going to go there, drink a beer, and watch this movie. 
And it's after seeing that movie, but within the next 24 hours, that I called Bob in Florida and said, "How about if we like start this reggae band we've been talking about? <laughs> there ain't shit going on up here." And that's yeah. when he said, "Come on down." That's Duck McLean, the drummer of Blue Rhythm, relating to me how seeing the film in San Francisco inspired him to contact his friend Bob Zahn about starting the band. Blue Rhythm would later become the first American band to perform at the Reggae Sunsplash Festival in 1982, and the Alive in Jamaica album they recorded of their set at the festival was later nominated for the Grammy Award for Best Reggae Album in 1986. The film would continue to thrive into the 70s and 80s, where it took on a second life as a midnight movie. Here's the important thing to know about Boston. Is, uh, I'm hoping we get in theater. I believe it was the Brattle Theater and another theater showed Harder They Come for a straight decade um, every week at midnight showings. And, and that's because it was popular and its popularity just grew and grew. And for whatever reason, many Jamaicans uh, came to Boston before they came to other places. We had a place called the Western Front in Cambridge that was a, a reggae club, an only reggae club. It wasn't so big or anything, but it was just reggae. Uh, a band called the I-Tones had a hit on the radio uh, uh, that crossed over as an independent record briefly. Uh, and it was a very mixed band of, you know, you know, black and white men. Um, so, yeah, I think I think uh, that harder they come at the at midnight showings had a huge influence. Huge. That's Dan Vital of Bim Scalabim from Boston. Before the film played at the Brattle Theater in Boston, it played every Saturday at midnight for seven years at the Orson Welles Theater in Cambridge. The film helped to make Boston and the Cambridge area around Harvard University a somewhat unlikely reggae hotbed for many years. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ska Boom Stories. The book is now available for presale through DeWolf Publishing at DeWolf.com. The first 500 presale orders will receive a free 80-minute CD mix called Ska American Style, courtesy of DJ Chuck Wren and Jump Up Records which digs deep into the obscure world of privately pressed records, proving that American ska roots were firmly planted during the 80s alternative music underground. Visit DeWolf.com to order. If you've listened and received some value from this episode, then please help support the podcast for as little as $3 per month on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backsplash Podcast for more information. Thanks and take care. <laughs>